Presented by Lumber Liquidators, Quicken Loans, Lutron, and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're so happy to be here with you today. It is our mission to educate and inspire and help you build confidence as you tackle home improvement and decor projects around your house. You can help yourself first, though, by picking up the phone and joining the conversation at one 888 Money Pit, or post your question online at moneypit.com, right there in our community section. Coming up on today's program, did all that summer rain find its way to places it shouldn't be, like your basement or your crawl space, or maybe your bathroom ceiling if some of the plumbing vents leaked around the house? Well, we're going to have some easy solutions to dry up those damp spaces just ahead. And staying on top of your heating system's maintenance is a smart move this time of year. We'll tell you what needs to be done and share tips to help keep costs down and prevent breakdowns. And big storms can leave a lot of obvious structural damage in their wake, but there can also be hidden damage that turns into big, expensive repairs later on. So if you've had some of those late summer and early fall storms, we're going to give you some tips on how to check your house for damage that's both visible and invisible in just a bit. Plus this hour, we've got a very fun tool to give away. It's the iconic American-made Arrow T50 heavy-duty staple gun, along with a supply of staples worth 50 bucks. So let's get to it. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Again, that number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Leslie, who's first? Rudy in Ohio is on the line with a question about a metal roof. How can we help you today? We had a hailstorm that damaged my roof, and I wanted to replace it with a metal roof. And I wanted your opinion on whether this is good to leave the roof on. And there's a material called a, it's come some kind of a bubble like insulation that can be put on there and then just put the metal right over that versus tearing it off or even using furring strips over it. Just wondering what your opinion would be on that. Sure. Well, listen, while you certainly could do that, I would not recommend it. And I'd never do that to my own house. I, I just think it's uh, it's penny wise and pound foolish, as my mother always used to say, because you're going to get the best job if you take that asphalt shingle roof off. I mean, you're talking about an investment grade roof here. When you put metal roof down, this roof's going to last you like 80, 100 years. This is going to outlast you and me. So you might as well do this right. And I would not trap asphalt shingles between that new metal roof uh, and the house for uh, the next uh, century. I think it's a really bad way to, to apply the roof, even though some people will do it that way if they really want to save a little bit of money. I think you're better off taking that roof right down to the original sheathing and putting the metal roof on as if it was the first roof that house ever got. That's going to give you the best job. It's going to look better, lay flatter, uh, and you're also going to be more energy efficient because that asphalt shingle roof will hold a lot of heat and make it more expensive for you to cool your house in the summertime. You mentioned that there's some sort of a bubble, something or other. All those underlayments that maybe have a tiny bit of air in and may be sold by contractors as an insulator, they offer such a, an infinitesimally small amount of insulation that I tell you, it's just not worth it. So I would do, I would take it right down to the roof sheathing. 
I wasn't thinking of it, about it as uh, so much of an insulation. It was just something to keep the metal from actually being in contact with the shingles. Yeah, one of the issues that when you put it against uh, asphalt shingles is, you know, if those shingles are deformed in any way, uh, you know, it's going to sort of transmit right through to the metal. So it's a way of kind of smoothing things out. But it's just not a good idea. I mean, you're going to get a better installation out of that metal roof if you can just go right to the wood. Uh, and just do it once, do it right, and you'll never have to worry about it again, okay? It's going to add some value to your house as well. Take care. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. And by the way, if you're listening to this call and thinking, well, does that apply to asphalt shingle roofs as well? If you're putting on a new asphalt shingle roof, it absolutely does. You don't want to put a second layer on for the same reasons. It's not going to lay right. It's going to hold a lot of heat. It's going to raise your cooling uh, costs because it'll make the attic that much hotter. You're just going to get a better job all the way around if you always remove your old roofing materials first and then put on the new roofing surface after that. Betsy in Georgia needs some help tackling a ceiling project. What's going on? My question is how to remove popcorn ceilings. Um, we have a bonus room above our garage that the popcorn ceiling was falling down in spot. Okay. And we scraped and scraped and we wasn't getting very far with it. And we damaged the drywall with gouges mm. from being scraped. Okay. So my husband my husband put stippling on the ceiling to cover up the gouges, and I don't okay. think it looks good at all. It, it looks dumb. So he kind of put more texture back on where he had the old texture? Yes. Yeah, so now you have to remove the stippling, which is probably done with the uh, spackle, correct? Yes. Oh, boy, I tell you what, you made it, it went from bad to worse. You know what I would do if I wanted, if, if I wanted a really clean ceiling and that was the situation? I would knock down as much of that as, as was physically possible so it's nice and flat, make sure as much of the popcorn is gone as possible, and then I would put a second layer of drywall over the whole thing, tape it, prime it, paint it, and be done with it. You'll have a brand new ceiling. Bury it. Hide it. <laughs> I'm like, bury it. Because that, that drywall is probably so damaged now from the scraping off of the old popcorn to the adding of the of the stipple, and then you're going to have to sand and get rid of that. I just don't think that, that all the work that's going to be worth you putting into that is just not worth it. You're, you're just not going to get a really clean look. So why don't you just put a second layer of drywall over it? It's really clean, easy to do. And it will look much, much better in the long run. All right. And then we have our other ceilings have popcorn, but we haven't tackled that. So is there an easier way to get it off? Well, here's the right way to do it is that you would dampen it and then you would scrape it. So you use like a paint sprayer or like a garden pump sprayer. And then you just lightly spray that on the ceiling, you know, get it wet. You're going to have to cover everything. It is a messy job. And then you just scrape it away with like a spackle knife. And by the way, though, if you want to buy yourself some time and maybe it, what happens with the popcorn, it gets dirty and gringy looking, you can actually paint that. You, there's a special type of roller that's a very thick roller that's got sort of slits in it and presses the paint up inside the sort of the pieces of popcorn, and you can get a nice, bright, clean look to it. So it is possible to paint that and have it look a lot nicer and a lot cleaner. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Betsy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call. Let us know what you are working on this fall season. Perhaps you're getting your house in shape for the holiday season. Maybe you're getting ready to spruce up that heating system or add some insulation. Whatever it is you are working on, we're here to give you a hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next is all that summer rain showing up in places it maybe shouldn't, like your basement or crawl space. 
We'll have three tips to help end those wet spaces in today's Building with Confidence tip presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on this fine day? If it's a home improvement, decor, or repair project, you're in exactly the right place because we are here to guide you, to give you confidence, to inspire and educate you on how to get those projects done. You can help yourself first, though, by calling us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. They really have the best local pros for any home service. That's right. doesn't matter what that project is. They make it fast and easy to find top-rated pros. And there are no membership fees. It's 100% free to use. HomeAdvisor.com. And hey, here's another great reason to reach out by phone or by posting your questions to the Money Pits community page. We've got a great prize to give away. It's an Arrow T50 heavy-duty staple gun. And I inherited one of these from my dad, and I still use it today. It works great, but we won't give you the old one. We'll give you the brand new one. We've got a T50 plus a supply of staples. They've been making this gun forever. It's just a fantastic product that has all sorts of uses around the house. It's worth about 35 bucks plus the staples for a total value of 50 bucks going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Tony in Missouri's on the line, and he's got a question about getting some extra power, maybe a generator, maybe an extension cord through a window. <laughs> Let's find out what's going on. We live way out in the country, and my wife and I have purchased a 2,000-watt peak generator. And, of course, you don't want to run that in the house. What I'm thinking about doing is running a male outside to female inside socket, if I can, through an outside wall so that we can then plug in a short extension cord and run, you know, small appliances, light bulbs, whatever, inside the house when we, if we have a power outage this winter, which we are somewhat prone to do out here. All right, well, you're on the right track, but this is not a DIY kind of hack-it-together thing. There actually is a product called a transfer switch that's designed for exactly this purpose. They have transfer switches that are designed for big generators like 
20,000 watts. Then they have ones that are designed for very small generators, like 2,000 watts, and it kind of works just like you said. There's an outlet that is inside the house. Uh, you could have a series of, of even a, maybe three or four different circuits that could be on this. Uh, or it could just be, you know, uh, an outlet that's there. And then there's a cord outside that would actually be plugged into the generator to bring that power in. You make a very good point by saying you can't run it inside the house. I want to expand upon that and say you can't even run it in the garage. I mean, anywhere aside from, you know, 10 feet or more away from your house, you should, really shouldn't be using the generator space like that because it can, those carbon monoxide fumes can definitely get back into the building. So I think you're on the right track. But what you want to do is go out and pick up a transfer switch. You can find them online. It's designed for a portable generator, and everything that you've envisioned will be there for you. You won't have to build it yourself. And it'll be a lot safer, too. Okay, sir. Thank you. You're welcome, Tony. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Evelyn in North Carolina, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes, ma'am. I had wanted to redo my, you know, they call it a living room now, but it's mostly your front room. And I wanted to know, uh, you know, if I wanted to have it made over, you know, the whole room. Uh, do you have any suggestions about how I could go about getting that done? The exception is I have this really big, huge desk that I have to keep in the room. So you're looking for a decorator to help you sort of redo the room, is that correct? Yes. Well, there is an association of interior decorators. It's ASID. And these are folks that are registered with the Interior Decorating Society. And they're listed by zip code. You can go to the website, ASID. I don't know if it's .org, .com. Um, And that way you can find a decorator in your area. I will let you know that pricing ranges from decorator to decorator. Some will do an hourly consulting fee. Some will do a flat fee. Some will do a percentage of the items ordered. Um, It really depends on the project. I think if you start at that website and start looking for people in your area, visit their websites, take a look at the style of work that they do. This way you can find somebody that matches your decor. And then that's a good way to find somebody that'll fit well. Okay. Well, listen, that was what I wanted to know. You think that would be worth the while? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it makes sense to start that way. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, the basement is a tremendous source of extra space in homes that have one, but many homeowners just don't utilize them as they could or should because they leak. The good news is that in most cases, this is a really easy thing to fix. Well, that's right. First, you need to maintain adequate gutters and downspouts. That's really a key to preventing a wet basement because the problem almost always starts on your roof. If that water is allowed to collect during a rainstorm, it's going to overflow and then end up against the foundation and leak right down into your basement. Now, next to gutter problems, the angle of the soil around a foundation's perimeter is the second major cause of wet basement woes. Soil should slope away from the house so it doesn't allow water to flow back towards the home and then collect against the outer walls. And lastly, don't do anything to trap water against the house. We see this all the time. People put brick or wood edging around the foundation perimeter kind of to make a landscaping bed, but that's like trapping water or setting a pool up right around that house. It'll hold water against the building. That will leak right down into the basement and cause a flood for sure. And that's today's Building with Confidence tip brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. It's completely online, reduces annoying and time-consuming paperwork, and gives you a real, accurate, and personalized mortgage solution based on your unique financial situation with no hidden fees or hassles. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. Rob in Massachusetts is on the line. Rob, what's going on at your money pit? The concrete floor in my garage where it meets the asphalt of the driveway 
it looks like there's a gap that's opening up. I'm not sure why, and I, you know, I'm wondering if I should fill that app with fill that gap with something. What happens is the driveway, believe it or not, starts to sort of shift away from the building. The building doesn't really move, and the slab doesn't really move much in the in the garage itself. But the driveways will tend to shrink and pull away, and you'll get a gap that will open up. So what you want to do there is there is a, a product called a backer rod, which is have you ever seen the pool noodles that the kids play with in the pools in the summer? They're like foam tubes. Of course, yeah. It looks like a tiny pool noodle, right? It's about a one-inch to one-and-a-half-inch diameter foam rod. And you, you buy the size, the diameter you want, and you stick it into that gap, right? And you push it down so it's sort of just below the surface of the of the asphalt or the driveway by like, you know, maybe so it sits maybe a half inch below. And then on top of that, you put a product called flowable urethane. There's a number of sealants that you can use that will flow over that backer rod and, and connect basically the driveway and the slab in the garage. And it'll somewhat expand and contract and not open up again. And what that's going to do is stop water from getting into that crack because it's kind of a problem that the worse it gets, the faster it gets worse because the water gets in there and further further disturbs the asphalt and the concrete, and you can get cracks and movement and kind of a real mess there. I've seen driveways settle. In fact, I just had my driveway redone um, a few months ago, and I used HomeAdvisor. I had a great driveway contractor, and one of the problems I had was that one corner of the asphalt of the old driveway was actually sort of curled in towards the apron of the garage by about three inches. I mean, it had really dropped in that one corner. I think there was a problem there over the years with water. And, you know, by basically redoing that, I was able to reestablish the slope and stop more water from going in. But when the water gets in there, it really disturbs the soil and makes it kind of unstable. So back a rod, followed by a flowable urethane sealant, and you'll be good to go. Excellent. Very helpful. Thank you very much. Next up, we've got Kim, who's dealing with a shower floor issue. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. My shower floor is basically coming up, all the towels coming up, um, and it's it's been doing that for a few months, and we're debating uh, with uh, should we repair it or should we just replace the whole shower? I mean, it's kind of an old house mm-hmm. um, anyway, and uh, we were thinking we're getting ready to sell it. So should we put the money in to replace it or should we just try to repair it? I don't want to patch it up for anybody, but um, if it's repaired, I really want to do a good job to where they can you know, use it. So this is sort of a uh, this is sort of a walk-in shower stall. Is that what this is? And it's made of tile. It's made of tile. Yes, walk-in. Listen, the restoration on this is to replace the shower pan. It's a pretty big job because you have to tear out the tile that's there and put in a new pan, which is typically fiberglass today, and then retile over all of that. So that's a big project. Um, is it leaking now? Um, no, it's not leaking. Okay. Well, if it's not, it's just appearance that you're concerned about? Appearance, right. I mean, it's the tile's basically coming up. We have like a rubber, um, what do you call those little rubber things that you put in the tile, just to stand in the shower. Right, right. Yeah, the anti-slip mats and that sort right, of thing. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. Listen, I, I don't know that I would do that repair. If it's not leaking, then you don't really have a responsibility to to repair it. Of course, if you want to do a bath restoration, I mean a bath renovation, you could. Whether that's going to make your house any more or less likely to sell, I don't know. You really need to know what's going on in your neighborhood. But that's a really big repair 
to do when it's not necessary, it's not leaking for the sole purpose of trying to sell your house. If it was a cracked shower pan and it was leaking, I'd be telling you something different. But if it's not leaking, I'd leave it alone and put my money elsewhere in terms of fixing up the house. Great. That's what I need to hear. <laughs> All right. There you go. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, staying on top of your heating system's maintenance will help your system run more efficiently and last longer. This old house plumbing and heating contractor, Richard Trithui, will be here with tips to keep your systems in shape for the chilly season ahead. And today's This Old House segment is brought to you by Lumber Liquidators. Get the latest fall trends in hardwood, bamboo, laminate, and waterproof floors for less. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We're ready to help you get started with your next home improvement project. Whatever's on that to-do list, slide it right over to ours by calling us at one 888 Pit, presented by HomeAdvisor. Winter is coming. Is your roof ready? If it's time to replace the heating system or the roof, whatever's on that project plan, HomeAdvisor can instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free.
Every home seems to rely on their heating and cooling system to maintain comfort all throughout the year. But what do you do when one room's too hot, one room's too cold? Do you start doing science experiments and adjusting vents and thermostats? That's right. And in order to compensate for those uneven temperatures, many homeowners often open and close vents. They wear layers or they fiddle with the thermostat throughout the entire day, which, of course, does nothing to solve the problem and definitely drives your energy costs up. There are better solutions and for advice on how to do just that. We turn now to Richard Trithui. He's the heating and plumbing expert for TV's This Old House. Welcome, Richard. Hey, guys. Now, listen, all that bouncing of the thermostat up and down all day, that's got to add to a lot of wasted energy, right? Right. I mean, hot and cold spots throughout the home are not only annoying, they're also inefficient. It usually comes down to poor ductwork. You know, we'd love to make the assumption that the first person that did the engineering to do the heating system in this building calculated exactly how many ducts, calculated exactly what size the ducts would be, calculated exactly the right amount of air coming out, and then put the, everything in correctly. Well, that's not always the case. It just doesn't happen. And so we end up with areas in our house that are too hot, too cold. I mean, I've got uh, an addition. I have an old house, 1886. The kitchen is an addition that was sort of bolted on after the initial construction. So now you have an addition that has more sides that are exposed to the weather. That room uh, was always hotter in the summer, was always colder in the winter. And we had to add heat to it. And we had to add air conditioning That's to right. compensate That's because right. basically it was calling for more BTUs than we were delivering. That's right. And that's a condition that, that is really faced by many people across the country in, in problem areas. Like, for example, rooms above garages. That's right. Rooms are at the end of the building as far away from the HVAC system. So if the guy that put it in initially got it wrong or if there were just changes to the building over the years... What are some of the ways that you can attack that? Well, I think zoning is underutilized in this country. There are mechanical zoning dampers that can be added to a hot air system. That can, Like in the case of your kitchen, I'll, I'll imagine that that's probably the farthest room away from the furnace. Okay. Well, air or water wants to take the path of least resistance. It doesn't want to fight its way through a long duct. It'll say, I'm just going to go right here, and I'm going to go right up through this duct to the upstairs second floor and overheat the second floor. With zoning, we can say, no, let's shut off the air that would have or might have gone to the second floor and drive it to the farthest or hardest to heat place, and that would be your kitchen. So a separate zone is literally a separate set of ducts, separate supply. No, the same ducts. All we're doing is putting in a motorized dampers in okay. strategic places inside oh, okay. the duct system. And that really is, that technology is out there. That technology is now perfected. So many of the heating industry just says, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm not sure I know how to do that. And so they're down on what they're not up on. But zoning is a very important sort of thing to be able to deliver comfort and to save energy. Many times we have a furnace that is heating up a very big part of the building, but we really only needed the kitchen or the, the den to be heated. So unlike hot water zoning, where we really do have separate sets of pipes, with zoning and hot air, we really use just one set of ducts, but we just control and balance the flow That's right. to put it where we need it, when we need it. That's right. And what we need to do is to be able to match the furnace's size or power. If you've only got one register open, you don't want that full-size furnace on. So some of these modern furnaces can now talk in concert with the zoning system. We're talking to Richard Trithui. He is the heating and plumbing expert for TV's This Old House. Now, aside from the duct system, thermostat location can sometimes be problematic if it's not in the right position. You could get false readings and false communications to the heating and cooling system, We've right? seen everything. We've seen thermostats behind the television and the TV's given off. That big flat screen's given off so much that... Heat. Right. We've seen people that put a wood stove in right next to the thermostat. <laughs> and 
satisfy the thermostat so the rest of the house doesn't have any heat. We're right. seeing everything. It really needs to be in a representative location. Uh, to be able to sample what the building's looking for. Now, aside from laying out the ducts improperly or putting the thermostat in the wrong place, sometimes the uh, initial contractor just gets the duct size incorrect or the size of the HVAC system incorrect, correct? Oversizing of mechanical equipment is the number one energy waster in the home heating system. Everybody, if they would desi- if the HVAC industry was designing a car, they'd put a V12 engine into the equivalent of a Volkswagen. <laughs> they want to be safe. They want to have plenty of power. But it actually leads, it works completely against you. Because if you've got too big of a furnace or a boiler, it comes on and it shuts off comes on and shuts off. It gives you too much heat, and then it doesn't give you enough. And so it cycles. Now, try doing that to any device. Do it to an automobile. Turn it on and off every minute. You wouldn't be efficient. It wouldn't, it wouldn't last. And that's what we're doing. So we're sort of, and the consumer is the unindicted co-conspirator, because if they have a contract to come in and say, I'll give you a 100,000 BTU furnace, and somebody else says, I'll give you 150,000 BTU, people buy the right. bigger one, like they're, buying meat, like they're buying meat. <laughs> and so really what you want is the right size device for the coldest day and in cooling mode for the hottest day of the year. And if we had done our job as heating professionals on that coldest day of the year, the furnace or boiler would never shut off. You want to apply the Goldilocks principle. Not too hot. That's right. Not too cold. Right. We want it to be just right. <laughs> Who's been sleeping in my bed? <laughs> Richard Trithui, <laughs> the plumbing and heating contractor from TV's This Old House. Great advice. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great to be here. All right. You can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For your local listings and some step-by-step videos on how you can repair a laminate countertop, visit thisoldhouse.com. And this old house is brought to you on PBS by Marvin Windows and Doors. Up next, big storms can leave a lot of obvious structural damage in their wake, but there can also be hidden damage that turns into big expenses later on. We're going to have some tips on how to check your house for damage, both visible and invisible, in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com after this. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Money Pit is presented by Train. Inside the Train Testing Facility, they test their heating and cooling products in the harshest conditions found in nature, all to ensure their products can run through anything. That's why it's hard to stop a train. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Are you ready to take on a project, but maybe it's just not too sure of yourself? Well, you can be sure of this. If you call us right now at 888-MONEY-PIT, we'll give you the help and the advice you need to take that all-important first step. And 888-MONEY-PIT is presented by HomeAdvisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. Carl in South Carolina is dealing with some tricky doors. Tell us what's going on. I put tile floors in my laundry room, and I took the door down, and when I put it back, uh, it, it won't stay open. It'll, it'll swing back to close. 
and the one in my bedroom does the same thing. Well, I have to prop them open with something. So they used to stay open before, and, and now they just want to stay closed all the time? Right, uh-huh. So there's two ways to fix that, Carl. One way is to uh, rip out the door and rehang it, properly shim it, because it's, it's, it's out of level somehow. And uh, that's a you know, pretty big job. And the other way to do it is to pull the hinge pins out, put them on a hard concrete surface, uh-huh. and give them a sharp wrap so you bend them slightly. Okay. Then tap them back into the hinges, mm-hmm. and you will have added some friction to that connection. Right. Do you follow me? Yes. Put a slight bend on the hinge pin. Uh, a little trick of the trade that will give you a little more tension on that door. Just, you know, take one out and give it a wrap so it has a little bit of a slight bend to it. You might not even see it, but just a slight bend. Tap it back in, try the door, you know, see how it works. If it, if it kind of stays where you want, that's fine. If not, maybe do the, do the top one, then do the bottom one. Give that another wrap. You're going to keep adding a little pressure to it by doing that until you get it just right. Okay? All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. And hey, here's another great reason to reach out by phone or post your question in the community section. We have a very useful tool up for grabs this hour. We've got the iconic American-made Arrow T50 heavy-duty staple gun and a whole bunch of staples. Guys, you will tackle so many projects. And let me tell you, not just projects this season, but next season and so many years of seasons to come. They're well-made, super durable, and you can check out arrowfastener.com and find all sorts of projects that you can get to work on right away. It's a great prize. It's a value of 50 bucks. So give us a call right now for your chance to win. 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Vicki in Louisiana is on the line with a shower pressure issue, I would say. Tell us what's going on, Vicki. I have a shower, and when I turn the handle all the way to the left on the hot, the, the pressure is fine. As I turn it to the right to get to the cold, it's diminished. And when I get to the cold completely, it's probably about 25% of what the hot is. Is it only on this fixture, or does it happen at other showers or other sinks? No, it's just in that shower, just that okay. one shower. All right, and how old is the house, Vicki? 10 years old. Oh, so it's a fairly new house. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds to me like there's a problem with this, that shower diverter. Right, if it's just happening on that one fixture, that mm-hmm. rules out a, problem, a bigger problem with the plumbing pipes. So for whatever reason, that diverter is not working properly, it could be clogged or obstructed in some way uh-huh. and it probably has to be and it would have to be repaired or replaced okay so is it something we can do at home or is a plumber going to have to go inside that wall to do that the shower wall you can replace the the guts of it from the shower side without tearing it out if you have to replace the whole thing then you have to go into the wall and if you have to go into the wall um, the way it's usually done is by accessing that shower wall from the back side, depending on how, how, your, how your house is built. If that, happens to be against, yeah, if that happens to be against a closet or a bedroom or something like that, generally that's a lot easier than having to go through tile or, or whatever the surface is of your, of your shower stall. Yeah, this is the acrylic, the, the one piece. Yeah, shower. so if it had to be replaced, you'd, go, you'd do it from the back. But a plumber should be able to repair that. Well, major weather events like hurricanes and severe storms leave a lot of obvious structural damage in their wake. But there also can be hidden damage that turns into big expenses later on. We'll have tips on how to check your house after a storm in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. 
Well, first, let's talk about foundations. You know, heavy accumulations of water can cause a home's foundation to get weak and fail. So you want to check yours carefully along both the inside and the outside walls, looking for any areas that are cracked or bulging. Next, identify flooded electrical fixtures. Anything that has been underwater should definitely be replaced. Now, that includes outlets, appliances, and major system machinery like your furnace. Contaminants in water can damage those sensitive components, leading to malfunctions and electrical fires. Now, high winds can also take quite a toll on the outer skin of your home and leave damage in a lot of areas. So what you need to do is very methodically check every side of your house from the ground and look for loose siding and metal trim and and soffits. You don't have to get up on a ladder to do this. You can do it with binoculars. And be sure to give special attention to your roof because that driving rain can push up under roof shingles and cause leaks. It often also will cause flashing to loosen up around the chimneys and plumbing vents, and that can also let water right through the inside of your house. Now, there are some post-storm repairs that you can handle on your own, but for bigger and more pervasive problems, it really is best to call in those pros. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Just ahead, are you tired of stepping into a cloud of moisture every time you step out of the shower? Or maybe you're just tired of cleaning up the mold it leaves behind. We'll talk you through some ventilation solutions for baths after this. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti, and you are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Post your home improvement question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com or give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, where it's fast and easy to find top-rated local home improvement pros for any home project. Just head on over to homeadvisor.com. Liz posted a question about her house saying it was built in 1960 and there are no exhaust fans in the bathrooms. I'd like to put a crown molding in the baths, but will it swell from the moisture? Is there a certain type I should use? Well, Leslie, this sounds like a good opportunity to use some of the many new forms of foam crown molding. Yes, we said foam, not wood, but foam. Now, it looks like wood, and you really can't tell the difference when this is completely installed. It's a painted molding, of course. You're not going to see the wood grain. But what I like about this is that you can adhere this to the walls and ceiling, usually with caulk, like an adhesive caulk, because it's very lightweight. But I'll tell you, it's hard to tell the difference between this foam crown molding and the real thing. They also make it a little bit easier on the installation by creating pre-made corners that will go together properly because that's one of the most difficult steps of uh, putting in crown molding is to get those angles right at the corner. Have you uh, worked with this on some of your projects, Leslie? What's your opinion on foam crown molding? I mean, I really have. I've actually used it in spaces when you're, say, transforming a garage in a very sort of limited renovation way into a livable space or a usable space that you want to dress up, bathrooms, basements, even kitchens. It goes on beautifully. And once it's painted, honestly, you cannot tell that it's not the real thing. And it really is like an amazing confidence booster because if you have no skills with mitering or any sort of, you know, ability of installing molding, it really does look great and it goes up so easily. 
All right, next up, Chris is writing in with a concrete question. He says, we have a concrete patio and holds water when it rains, and then it turns green in the middle. Yuck. <laughs> so how can I fix this or keep it clean? Well, the reason that uh, it's doing this is because of settlement, obviously, Chris. Now, and the green, of course, is the moss and the algae uh, and the lichen and the mold that will form when you have wet, damp surfaces like that. So here's what I would do. You can have two options. Number one, you could resurface that concrete patio. Now, QuickCrete has a number of products that are concrete resurfacers. And what's particularly impressive about these is they've totally nailed the chemistry. And by that, I mean they've got resurfacers that are actually stronger than the original concrete. And they completely bind and engage with that concrete, that original concrete surface. In fact, I've seen these tests where they basically try to uh, have con- have the, sur- the resurfacer attached to the concrete and pull it apart. It ends up pulling out the aggregate that's in the old concrete. That's how tough it is and how great an, an adhesive effect it has. So I would use a resurfacer on that, and you can recrown it so you have proper drainage. Or the other option is you can cover it with pavers. You could use like a paved stone paver block, put it on top of the concrete, and it's not going to fix the drainage, but you won't see it because it'll basically fall into the cracks between the brick. You know, and pavers really are a fantastic product to transform the entire look of your outdoor space. You know, first of all, they're available in so many different colors, shapes, combinations, and they're really like building blocks. So think modularly. You can create any look you want for any space, and you don't have to think just for the flat surfaces. You can go up and create seating areas. You can create outdoor kitchens. You can create little storage nooks, fire pits, so many different things that you can do with a paver. You know, it truly is like a building block. You see one shape, one piece, and you're like, how many ways can I use it? So get creative and enjoy your outdoor space. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, thanks so much for spending this part of your day with us. We hope we've been able to educate you on some home improvement projects maybe that you'd like to tackle, perhaps give you some inspiration to avoid the perspiration on projects that are on your to-do list. Remember, if you couldn't get through the show today, you can always post your questions to the community page at Money Pit. And reach out to us through our many forms of social media because we are here to help you no matter what that project is, big or small. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.